Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. The Good Life. Money FM 89.3. It is the evening runway. I'm Elliot Danker, and it's now time for The Good Life. Today, we're focusing on health and wellness and a condition that we probably know someone in our family or close circle of friends who have suffered from this. I'm talking about stroke, but there's a misconception, right? Now, people who seem healthy are getting stroke. People who are younger are getting stroke. So let's try and understand this condition a lot better. On the line with me is Dr. Carol Thumb, who is Senior Consultant, Department of Neurology at the National Neuroscience Institute. Dr. Carol, good evening. How are you? Hi, good evening. Thank you, Elliot, for inviting me to this show. Um, yes, I think you brought up very important points. Yeah, stroke. It's such a condition that we've known about for years, but it seems that the landscape of it is slightly changing. I suppose to start us off, doctor, let's try and understand some of the common factors that lead you not to stroke, but to stroke risk. Yes. So we usually divide the risks into medical risks as well as lifestyle risks. For medical risks, common conditions like diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, you know, one of the most common and strongest risk factors for developing a stroke. For lifestyle factors, you know, things like physical inactivity, uh, obesity, lack of exercise, unhealthy diets, you know, especially diets rich in saturated fats, high in sodium, mm. salt content a diet low in fruits and vegetables, um, all these can increase the stroke risk. Although, you know, talking about the lifestyle risk or the inactivity, I wonder if there's a myth around overactivity. So say, for example, a person that is super active in terms of exercise, but is not getting enough sleep. Uh, That's a very good point, Elliot. All these are contributory factors. So um, getting enough exercise, while good, it needs to come together with the other things. So for example, if you're exercising a lot, but you still have a very unhealthy diet, or you're still smoking and you know, not getting enough sleep, the stroke risk is still there. It's still high. Mm. So all these need to be you know, altered together. So I was thought to constantly check on my blood pressure because obviously that's one of those silent indicators or silent killers in that sense. Doctor, how do you tell that a stroke is about to happen? A lot of times, there's no warning sign just before a stroke. But once the stroke symptoms start, we have this narrow time window to quickly get to the hospital to try and prevent this stroke from worsening further. So some signs we look out for would be, uh, we use this acronym FAST, F-A-S-T, to help us to remember the symptoms or signs. Face drooping, the F is for face. So one side of the face may be drooping down. We ask the person to smile and see if the smile is uneven or drooping. A is for the arm, uh, so we ask the patient uh, or person to raise up both arms and we see if one arm is actually starting to drift downward or is uh, weaker than the other arm. Uh, S is for speech, so the speech may become slurred when the person is mm-hmm. having a stroke or it may not be slurred but the person is uh, speaking in a very strange manner, is having trouble speaking or to putting together a simple sentence. Uh, so FAS, these are the very important uh, signs of stroke to look out for. And then T actually stands for time, because okay. time is of the essence when someone's having a stroke. So if the person has any of these signs, so it could, it could be just the face droop, or it could be just the speech difficulty, or just the arm weakness, these are all potential signs of a stroke. When that happens, we quickly rush the patient to the hospital because there are some early treatments we can institute to try and prevent this from worsening. Mm. There are also some less common symptoms that can happen depending on the location of the stroke. 
uh, so some people may not have the typical face or arm or speech uh, difficulty. Uh, instead, they may have a sudden onset of a double vision oh. or sudden unsteadiness when they are walking okay. um, or a very severe headache. And this severe headache can be, it's usually described as the worst headache of um, their life, a very wow. sudden and severe okay. kind of headache. So these could be signs of stroke. Doctor, I'm going to admit that, that well, you were going through fast. I was actually doing that to myself just to check. And I guess it's a good thing. If I find myself in that situation alone and, and I have no loved ones around me, it's easy if you see someone in that situation. What do I do? I quickly check myself into the hospital? Yes, that's right. I'll quickly call the ambulance, so call okay. 995 okay. Uh, immediately for uh, emergency services because, like we said, time is of the essence. If uh, your loved one is the one suffering a stroke, so after calling the ambulance, quickly note down as well what time the symptoms started. Oh. That will be important to us for the, uh, when we decide on the most appropriate treatment and also try to keep a record of the medical history of your loved one as well as what medications your loved one is currently taking. Okay, very useful tip there. Doctor, this might sound uh, sounds slightly left field, but it's more of a curious question on my part. Anxiety attacks, could that be a factor or should I just pay a little bit more attention should such a thing happen? Because you start to feel tightness in your chest and your mind starts to, to drift and think of other things. Um, yes, so it's always better to kind of err on the side of caution. And okay. uh, if you really do have any of these uh, face drooping or arm weakness or speech difficulties, it's best to come into the hospital to okay. check it out before attributing it to just anxiety and, and ignoring the symptoms. Okay, I'm totally on board with that. I mean, trust the experts, go and check it out. That's the mm. best thing that you can do. So we've talked about some common lifestyle mistakes. We've talked about how to tell that you could be getting a stroke. But are there prevention tips? Because, Doctor, the thing is, we start to read more and more in the papers, and I'm sure uh, some people have had encounters with friends. Uh, younger people are getting stroke. Active people are getting stroke. How can we prevent? I'm sure there's no foolproof way. Yes, a very good question, uh, Elliot. So regular health screening, that, that's very ah. important to check these medical risk factors because oftentimes we come across patients who have been admitted for a stroke and uh, they tell us that they're very healthy and they've never had diabetes, high blood pressure or high cholesterol. Uh, but when they are admitted to a hospital, we f when we do blood tests for them, we find that they actually do have diabetes, high blood pressure, mm. and high cholesterol. But it's just that they had never checked it before. And many times these conditions don't have any symptoms. Their patients not, don't experience any symptoms until you know they come in with either a heart attack or stroke. So it's important to go for your regular annual health screening with your GP, uh, polyclinic doctor. And of course, the lifestyle measures, those yeah. are things that are you know, very readily within our control. So the dietary adjustments to maintain a you know, healthy diet, as well as the exercise, physical exercise-wise, it's recommended to do at least 150 minutes of uh, moderate intensity exercise every week. So breaking that down, it will be at least 30 minutes of brisk walking or jogging five times a week. And then smoking is the other very big risk factor that we can do something, you know, to, to change. So if, um, if someone is a smoker, definitely we would recommend to quit smoking. That would reduce his risk of uh, further strokes. Never take anything for granted. Go for regular checks. Keep exercising. All right, I've been speaking with Dr. Carol Tham, Senior Consultant, Department of Neurology at the National Neuroscience Institute. Dr. Carol, thank you so much for your time. Take care and have a great evening ahead. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.